to the Self-Esteem Party Podcast. I'm your host, Alana Johnston, and joining me after missing last week, to my devastation, is producer-slash-husband-slash-roommate, Norm Sousa. Norm, how you doing? I've missed you. Um, you were, you recorded in a car or something? No, I recorded at 3 a.m. in the studio, trying to be quiet as a mouse while you were sleeping before I left for Philadelphia. Yeah, you went to Philadelphia for a while and you recorded quietly at 3 a.m. It was soft, it was sexy, it was smooth, the people are going nuts. Did you get any feedback from it? Not a word. Okay, well, um, If you guys liked my smooth talking of last week's episode, get in the comments. <laughs> Where these comments are, no idea. Um, and don't forget to subscribe to the comments. We're actually recording this in the evening, Monday evening. You know, I just feel alive. How do you feel about the nights getting um, darker earlier? I'm exhausted. Am I sleepwalking right now? <laughs> Ask and find out in the comments. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm feeling good. Things have cooled down, and so have I. Yeah. I went to Philly. I came back a new woman. Things about to warm up, though, weather-wise. But, Perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I thought we're talking evenings have cooled down. That's right. And will remain that way? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> find out in the comments. Oh, my God. My husband flirting with me on air. Um, no, you're back, and you're feeling I'm back. good. I'm back. I've changed. I had a great time. Right. And I'm back, and I feel like a million bucks. Got a lot of hot shows coming up. I'm very excited. You you have a bunch of hot shows. I've been having a rough go. For once? Yeah. Thank God. Even Steven over here now. Yeah. You're having, you're just, you're stuck. Yeah, I'm just a bit stuck. It's you're just stuck. It's just a day. God, I hate it. You just gotta walk away from it. It's like I don't even want to get into it because I know it's that insignificant, mm-hmm. and tomorrow is going to be so different from what is happening and what you're feeling right now. I'm just in a jam today. You're in a jam today. Here's what I will say is very interesting with you and your issues. They're very temporary, mm-hmm. but if too many are happening at the same time, Not all fun. of a sudden one big issue from six months ago will come out. That's right. That's how you work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so agreeing. I agree. What's gonna rear its ugly head this time? Uh, no idea. We'll find out. That's no, you're in a jam. Mm-hmm. You're gonna take tonight. Relax. We're doing an evening record. It's already a sexier mood. I've got a candle going. That's right. We did. <laughs> we ordered candles, and now it's sexier for sure. In case anyone wants to have a sexy time, might I suggest a candle? Do you want to talk about uh, us going to the Super King earlier today? What a mess. Let me tell you guys, it's too busy. The mess is the people in terms of the crowds. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm not talking about the store itself. I actually found the store to be quite clean. I had no problem with the store. For those of you who don't know, it's a supermarket, right? Yeah, that's it. That's all you need to know, but it's pure chaos. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is chaos in there. I got some very salty olives, and (laughs) yeah, I'm loving it. (laughs) Uh, I'm for my olive intake, guys. I'm up to anywhere from five to ten olives a day, and we're talking the big kind. And really? uh, you're not supposed to—you don't need all those olives every day for no, no reason. Recommended is probably like two to four. That's the serving size, is the two. <laughs> Just the two. Yeah, that's the serving size. And you're having ten. <laughs> five to ten, Norm. Oh, okay. For God's sake, can I breathe? So more than double or 
quadruple. You see why I need to go to bed early to escape this darkness, not the weather. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, thought, I'm quadding out. I, I thought I was in a bit of a jam, but you seem to be a bit of a... <laughs> I'm all, in a way bigger jam than An olive you. conundrum. I don't know what to do, Norm. I'm knee deep in these pits. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Um, yes. We... Went to the Super King. We were trying to get a gift for a friend. Oh, my God. A gift. Well, here's the thing. She's coming over tonight, and this comes out tomorrow, so she's not going to hear it. Getting a gift for my friend, Emily Maya Mills, former guest, that recently directed my new music music video video that came out, Bachelor Batch, which is on YouTube. It's in all the links of my socials, and it's also on the Patreon. I posted it on there as well. Yeah, a bunch of funny people in that. Mookie. Very funny. Um, Nate Cornett, DP. A lot of people helped out on it. It, It's basically uh, what it would be if I was the Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And I have all the Bachelors on there. There's a crazy trick stunt that happens. The pool. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. And I highly suggest everybody checks it out. I love it. We've been working so long on it, and it came out so well, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, no, check it out. And Emily uh, is going to be by, and she is not the guest on this podcast. And shall we get to who oh, is? Oh, sure, let's do that. <laughs> Norm, what a segue. I am steaming up more than I was before. <laughs> this guest, steaming old up pal. Mo- steaming up more than yeah, you were before. Yeah, steaming up more than before. Married to my most recurring guest, actually. Holly Prezzo. Norm. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. That was a reveal you were allowed to make. Yes. anything. Um, but that aside, mm-hmm. good guy, great friend, good catch-up. Funny We guy. really, very funny. Very, very funny. Very distracting how funny he is when mm-hmm. you try to have a real conversation because he's too funny. That's true. You get caught up in it. But we managed to have a real conversation. Philadelphia I thought it went native. Philadelphia and native and I just went. Um, and we know his Philadelphia family. Very nice people. Great. Hello. Love them all. Let's, I said hello because I know they're listening. Shall we get to it though? Yeah, we should. To my delight, a, a fabulous catch up with a person I know so much about on a day-to-day basis. And I don't even think they know it because their significant others reporting it to me behind their back. Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone, give it up for Joe Wangert. Right after this break. It's a self-esteem party. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. It's a self-esteem party. Joe, welcome to the self-esteem party podcast. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. You've been begging for months. I yes. finally said enough already. We'll get you on. Yeah. What's the uh, let's can we go through some of the other guests that you've had and talk about why you chose them before <laughs> me? Yeah. Well, for example, your <laughs> wife Holly Prazov, I chose her because she was available. That counts. <laughs> but she's been on multiple she's times. Like, yeah, Joe, when I'm in a tight fix, who else do I book? <laughs> no, I always give her notice. <laughs> she always has proper notice. Holly is a planned guest. Here's the thing. She gets really good um feedback because a lot of Holly's episodes are about giving up and calling it. Mm-hmm. And 
this is what the people want to hear yes. from a self-esteem party it's relatable. podcast. It's relatable. It's a feel-good podcast about giving up and moving on with your life already. <laughs> <laughs> also, I don't know if she likes your daughter. You got to tune into this episode. Oh, wow. That's news to me. And yeah. that's news I should know. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Joe? This is what you get for not listening to the episode. <laughs> this is how you have to find out. Well, she's going to change a bunch more times. So hopefully one of the new versions will be something that Holly's into. <laughs> We'll have to get Holly back on to confirm when she is back into your daughter. My concern is if she hits nine or ten and still it's not clicking because then she's getting close to being locked into okay, who she's going to be. Here's the problem about the age nine or ten. Terrible age. You know this. It's when they're too smart. Mm -hmm. They're they're really smart. Yes. They're crafty. They figured out lying and trickery. Mm -hmm. And also they have their attitudes of who they're going to be for at least their full teenage years. But they're still a prisoner in your home in many ways. <laughs> So they're not happy about that. I'm just saying just in, devil's in advocate. In every way, <laughs> they're still a prisoner of your home. <laughs> I, uh, Holly is the tougher parent than me, and I'm really just trying to toe the line as much as I possibly can. But, like, we have – so she's three years old, and three-year-olds at, at a certain point, like, now she's waking up but she can't really kind of be on her own. Yeah. So there's a thing you can get them once they're out of a crib and they're in their own bed, and it's a little like traffic light. And when she wakes up in the morning, if the traffic light is red, she can't get out of bed. And if the traffic light is green, then she can get out and come get us and do what she wants. How, how do you even train her to do that? They just do it. You just get the light, and they ex and you explain it, and they go, this is the way things wow. are. This oh is what God. I will do. And I had other friends with kids tell me to get this thing. I'm like, there's no way this thing is going to work. It's not. She could just still get out when the red light is red, but no. But it's we've had it for a little while now, and now she's at the point where it's like she's trying. She's starting to realize that the light doesn't really hold any power <laughs> over her. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> So exactly what you mean. she's allowed to get out of the bed at seven o'clock and I was getting ready to, I tried to take the dog for a walk before this happens, oh, yeah. our dog, Tony. Um, and then she, she heard me and she was just like, open the door at six 45 and she went, Oh, hi. Oh, like it God. was like a casual <laughs> encounter. Isn't this great? I'm awake. Here's daddy. Daddy can let me come out of bed. Isn't Won't this, this be great? great? She really had that vibe. And I was like, you have to go back into the bed. And she just immediately started crying and screaming. Oh, no. I want daddy. I want mommy. And I want to go, okay, it's fine. It's 15 minutes. But you can't, can't do it. you got to follow the light. And, but Holly is tougher. And Holly goes, no, you got to go way back down. Holly's until tough as nails the light's as a green. friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's tough, She's as, tough as, as nails as a wife. I'm terrified. <laughs> She's just, and uh, listen, your daughter gets this from her. I'm going to say it. Head strong. These two put together, I mean, your daughter renamed herself. Holly and I talked about it last time. Yeah, <laughs> Gave her, her still, own nickname. Still Sally. Still going with it. Now we're considering, do we have to legally change her name to Sally? It's, it's a cute name. At least it's not like, oh, yeah. uh, the, the where it came from is hilarious, but at least it's a cute name. Like she could have been like Melanie. Well. <laughs> and for all the Melanies out there, yeah, accept it. Your name reeks. You know, oh yeah, Melanie, <laughs> right away, plain, I'm asleep. I'm falling name. asleep. If I'm hanging out with you, I uh, maybe if you run a bed and breakfast, I'm okay because you're going to help me doze off and to sleep. Uh, <laughs> and that'd be nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I we've heard of other kids doing this. And, you know, I heard of one kid who changed their name to Elsa. And I'm like, 
He's no. seen this is too direct. You too got that. Nose. I mean, granted, Sally is also from a Disney movie, but it's a little bit more of a deep cut. She yeah. took it from Cars. That's a weirder choice. And not everybody knows that. They just think she they just Sally. think that she, everyone knows Frozen. It makes her we seem 20% this. more creative than she is. <laughs> like she just decided. And Sally is also, 20%. maybe it's because I have an older Aunt Sally, but I always consider Sally like a like a no-nonsense like businesswoman yeah, sort of yeah. name. And so it's funny to me that that's what she chose. I, I hear Sally, I think CEO. Yes, yes. <laughs> right mm-hmm. I can see some business, a small attache for your daughter. Sally wants to talk to me today. I don't. I think I might be getting fired. <laughs> Professor Sal, mm-hmm. <laughs> for fun nickname, if you want to be a cool teacher. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, Joe, I got so caught up in your daughter and her fake name. I didn't even ask on a scale of one to ten, how are you feeling today about yourself? Okay. If or if there's a recent number, like as of late, if it's a a bit of a phase what do you think I'm in a bit of a funk and I knew that the podcast was coming up and I was like maybe the chemicals in my brain will rearrange themselves and I can (laughs) go in there with an eight or a nine or something I'm a four I've been at a four all week oh my god I don't know why yep that's okay Mm -hmm. it's uh I I appreciate you accepting your number without knowing why because I think that's what can kind of drive people mad is like I don't feel good and I don't understand what's happening and that's making me think I'm losing my mind. It's a it was like a relatively recent revelation in the scope of my life but just to be able to go like I feel this way today but I'm not going to feel this way forever is like a huge yeah. huge thing I, I think, think to realize yeah. that you're kind of out of control and it makes me now when I feel it's it, it is out of your control not you are out of control um I'm in total control of everything and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not at the mercy talk. of the universe um it, but it's just like I now have a better appreciation of a day when I I do feel just good for no real reason, too. I'm just, yeah. like, enjoying that, you know? Okay, so I know you don't necessarily know the specific reason why. If you had to give recurring themes in your life from the past that could have brought you to a four, like, I'm going to give a very popular one on the podcast because I interview a lot of comedians, work. Mm-hmm. So when somebody's not working, the number tends to be a little bit lower. So that, so I'm going to take that theme away. You can't use that one, okay? Because you work a lot, and I know you really, you it drives you mad. But challenge I know you like me, it. yeah, yes, push me into new areas. <laughs> this is what I want. But that's because Norm's big thing is work really affects oh, him, yeah. and you know I know that's common. But if you had to give other themes, because there's always more, what would be something that has come up in the past more than once? Um, you know, I think it's like it's. It's tr- it's change, it's transition. Okay. Because I am in like we just got back from a trip. We just got back from visiting my family. Yeah. And now it's sort of like I'm it, I'm moving into like <laughs> I want to talk about work because that's what the change no, no, is that's related okay, to. That's okay. But it is like I am like just sort of figuring out, reconfiguring my days. And whenever I'm sort of going through that kind of change, I feel yeah. like that tends to happen. I mean, it has to do with work. But if you're saying reconfiguring the day, that's routine. Yep. So that's like complete. I do not associate routine and work. I think routine is like life-based. Mm-hmm. And then I think work comes with like discipline and a work ethic. I think those are two different things. See, I feel like work helps set me on my routine in a better way. Because of like time? Yeah, because I have somebody else that's going, well, you got to be here at this time or we're doing this until that. And like, okay. I just love somebody tell me when to eat lunch. I love that. <laughs> Don't leave it up to me. I am going to put too many other things and I'm not going to have enough time for lunch. For my delicious lunch. <laughs> and so I'm just in one of those 
phases right now where I'm like making my own schedule and I got to figure out a way to make it in a way that works for me. Does that make sense? It 100% makes sense. I do my, so for me routine, um, my issue with it is I put all of it in the morning cause I wake up so early and mm-hmm. I, I don't have a kid. So I don't have to tell someone to stay in their room for what time 15 are you minutes. Up? Well, I'm, I used to be 7am. Now we're getting between six and seven. We moved it up a little earlier mm-hmm. so I can get a bunch done before Mia gets up and I have to like take her out and all that stuff. Um, and I'm trying to work out earlier so that I get it out of the way. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I'm a, you know I'm what I mean? A, I'm I have to, to do it, it first or I'll never do I it. I have to do it right away. And I I try to stay out of the sun during the day. So it's like if I want to go on a bike ride or something mm-hmm. like that, I, I got to go early. Or yeah. I'm like burning. Up. Well, and it's so much more horrible here. Oh, my God. It's like it's you so feel bad. like a, you're putting your life at risk. Yes. And even <laughs> though the like – because I like to get on the path. And it's like even though – the heat has like broken somewhat. It, I mean, it's so sunny. With these blue eyes, you think I can see anything ahead of me? <laughs> it's like, no. I, and I even have like mega polarized shades, like Make America Great Again sh- shades of like all those douchebag guys that were. Yeah, the but they don't say that on there. They just... say mega shades. Yeah. <laughs> it's you just implied. Yeah, you see Ray Ban, I see mega <laughs> in the little tiny writing in the corner. But yeah, that's, I would say my problem is come. 11 a.m. Even today, you coming at 10, I do a lot of morning records. Come 11, I'm like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. So now I have to make up the rest of my day. Yes. Fill it with something social. If I have work to do, I will say work-wise, I love a deadline. I love someone to tell me yes. exactly when and where something needs to be done. Yeah. Because I know something has to be done, but I don't have a date on it. And the motivation, oh my God, it is excruciating. Yes. There's some days I'm like, I can't even open my computer to even fathom when to start this because I don't know when it ends. No, I set little deadlines for myself all the time yeah. or, or any sort of big creative task. I try to break it down into smaller, like this is what I'm going to accomplish today. And I even go to the point of like, I'm going to spend this much time on this part of the thing because really? if you don't make it and you, but you're on the right path, you can always take a little more time. But sometimes I just need to sort of set a limit and go like, this is the version of what it is that I'm going to stick with now until somebody tells me to improve it. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I I feel like, um, I like that you split it up because I'm like, I have to finish the outline, but that could mean anything. Yes. That could mean characters. That could mean synopsis. That could mean, um, sample episode. And that could mean anything. That's paralyzing to me with anything in life, not even just work stuff. I need to go like the, I'm, I'm a big, like to do list fan. Oh my God. I I'm touching my phone because I live and die for my to do list. (laughs) And my new thing is I'm doing it in order. So that I like prioritize, like for example, you were the first thing on the list today because you were coming here Mm -hmm. and it involves somebody else. Anything that involves somebody else has to be at top thing because you can't forget those things and blank on them. And then it's my own stuff comes at the bottom because that timing's more flexible. This was not flexible timing. I can write any time of day, but uh, that's where I'm running into a problem Mm -hmm. is I can write any time of day. (laughs) That means... No time of the day or all time of the day. Are, are there certain times that you feel like you're more productive than others? Morning. Yeah. I Same just here. wake up fresh. This is my prime. This is, oh. Podcast listeners, you're getting the best that I can be. <laughs> That's a nightmare. Can you believe this? Like From, pulling teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the conversation has been so hard it's to been flow. been nothing so far. <laughs> I'm um, not even recording, really. I'm just waiting for the warm-up to kick in. <laughs> No, it's definitely, um, I, I think I, I need to 
uh, break it down and itemize it a little more like what you're talking about. Because, and I, I, that's like for anybody, if you say you bought a house and you have house repairs, oh my God, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You, it's like, you have to be like, what is important and when does it need to be done by? Because otherwise you're like, I mean, for me, at least I'm just making calls and looking at things online and nothing's happening. Yes. <laughs> just yes. nothing's getting done. But I'm like, okay, I'm doing the research, but I'm like, to what end? Right. To what end am right. I doing research? You want to be able to do that satisfying check like you've done something. And yeah. You, I think there's just such a lack of validation also in the sort of stuff that we do that I feel like sometimes making yourself a list where you're able to go like, I got that thing accomplished. I got that thing accomplished. You yes. feel like there's some forward progress. Yeah. Now, here's something I want to ask because that was one recurring thing that you said had been in the past of like schedule and routine mm-hmm. and keeping on track like that how much are you affected by like your surroundings how much are you somebody like okay here's an example that norm has talked about in the intro when work is stressful for him he feels bad about himself yes. so like how often are can or say your wife's mad at you or something or somebody or you know whatever how much are you affected by that or can you kind of cruise through it's it's I have noticed that I am able to sort of compartmentalize personal stuff and home stuff when okay. it comes time to work, especially if I am working with other people and I'm collaborating with other people right. because the people pleaser in me kicks in and I go, well, I can't, I'm not going to worry about that now because I want to do a good job for these people and not let these people down. And, and um, you're getting paid. Yeah. So well, right, you right. have to prioritize what you're getting paid right, for. Right, right, right. I think there's like a so whatever is kicking in to make me do that. Um, the the opposite, I feel like, is very true for me. If I'm like having a tough time at work, it really sort of sort of casts a, a dark shadow over everything else. Yeah. So I'm trying to like work on that. And, you know, it's hard with creative stuff and with comedy because you're kind of always kind of thinking about it. I know. And it's really hard to do that sort of clock out at the end of the day. And it got obviously a lot harder during the pandemic when we were working at home. I, the, I, uh, just recently went back to in-person work and I noticed a difference already of just like the, the, the commute, the driving home is like, I think when I would like let a lot of that stuff go, if it was a bad day or a hard day or whatever. And I just didn't have that for like two years. Yeah. And it's hard to, because you've got a family at home you don't want to bring that home, but if yep. you're working from home, it is in your home. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, and I know you guys have a good office set up now mm-hmm. that's like, but you're still walking through in the day at certain points. Yeah. And it's like, I like with Norm, I'll feel bad if I'm stressed or he's stressed. And then we kind of run into each other and somebody's asking a casual question, but you're like, no, it's as if I'm in the office. So if I was in the office, you wouldn't be able to ask me this question. And you've caught me right in the middle of this thought or this mood or. Right whatever is happening right now. And then it's like, we, we've definitely had to work to not take things so personally. Yes. Because if I'm already dealing with the stress of whatever work or something is happening, I'm already feeling bad about myself. Now I have to feel bad about myself saying, oh, I hurt your feelings. Right. Oh my God, so unnecessary. If I weren't in the house, how could I possibly hurt your feelings? Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's definitely- You would have had the, time to just sort of deal with like your you own Like you said, thing. in the car or- somebody a co-worker and if you're like oh i'm frustrated by this and then you get it off your chest and you move on with your day like if if you have a social work environment or whatever right? maybe they're your enemies okay <laughs> so i can't joe i'm not here to solve that for you okay i get that you're fighting with everyone really? at work <laughs> okay well i've written really? a, i've got a list of names and sort of 
ways they've helped me waves they've wronged me and I was hoping <laughs> that you could help me too. <laughs> I, um, these are actually the ways you've wronged me in the last year. <laughs> if we could just quickly go through my itemized checklist. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if you got a text from me on December 31st and it was all the ways that you've wronged me? <laughs> Your New Year's resolution begins and ends December 31st every year where you finally come clean and say to people what you need them to know. I've been keeping a big list and you tell me sorry or we're enemies. <laughs> or New Year's is going to be a nightmare for you. <laughs> come midnight, we're done. <laughs> I like your own personal countdown to ending friendships and work relationships. <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like something we're not doing enough of. I agree. Just sort of curating and just letting other people know where you stand. No, this is not something I would ever do. <laughs> I, uh, I like the car ride for the release because sometimes I'll find if I'm coming home, like I'm a, stress, a stressful driver. I get really stressed out because everybody drives like a maniac. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many accidents. It's like, oh my God. And I'm in this, well, you have a little car too. When you're in the little cars, you're like, I'm going to get crushed and die. Yes. That's honest to God what it feels like. I need to get a bus or something. So for, A for, bus? For, for, for safety? <laughs> for safety. I okay. Are you going to pick, are you going to give other people rides? No, no, no. It's kind of a solo okay. situation. Okay, seems wasteful. <laughs> I need it. I don't know what to tell you. But, I saw uh, <laughs> a movie once about a woman that had to drive a bus, and it seemed very <laughs> stressful. I don't remember the name. I think it was called Fast or Quick or something like that. I think but. it was called Bus That Has to Keep Going. <laughs> <laughs> Catchy title. How can you not watch the flick? Um, but I'm a nervous driver. So when it's like bumper to bumper traffic driving home, I love it because then I'm not stressing about the driving. Yes. I'm thinking maybe I have music on or I'm just like quietly to myself kind of going through the events of the day or preparing for what I'm about to come home to if Mm -hmm. something whatever I have to do for that night or something like that but when it's like you get home in good time. I don't like it because I didn't have time to decompress. <laughs> I need to you decompress. Need the I do because I'm stressed out about the driving, and then I come home frazzled. Yes. And then I'm like, oh, I didn't even get a second to like plan what I was gonna say. Cause if I have a big convo to come, I really try to plan it out. Uh-huh. Me if, too. If I can talk to my th- if I'm so lucky to have a therapy appointment before that conversation, mm-hmm. I will sit there and like plan out everything I'm gonna say and why I'm saying it and how I can say it in a way that, um, cause you know, if you're approaching someone about something, it's best not to make you statements and rather you would want to make I statements right. of like, this makes me feel this way as mm-hmm. opposed to like, you do this to me. That's not going to get you anywhere. Very accusatory. Um, so I will try to have that if I don't have that time to prepare, I, I, it's like I come in and I'm a total mess and I end up crying about absolutely nothing. <laughs> and, and the conversation doesn't even happen. Not that those convos happen, happen a lot, but even like personal stresses and like even if it has nothing to do with the other person in your house, you know when you're just like, you just delicately want to get things out so that nobody takes it personally so you can deal with the actual issue at hand. Right. That's kind of to me the miscommunication um, and people thinking it's about them when you're not just because you can't eloquently speak or like organize your thoughts. Yes. This is yes. a huge problem for me. Uh-huh. It's, I, I imagine that we were the same in that way because oh, yeah. I'm very calculated with my conversations. You know, I, I am and I am trying to be less so in some situations though. Mm. I feel like I have a tendency to want to do that for almost any sort of uh, interaction I'm going to have. And I, and that's something I've been working on in therapy for a while is just like kind of having be, being a little bit more freer in some of the, so I'm kind of actually trying to sort of do the opposite. Really? Yeah. Okay. But 
let's clarify exactly what we're talking about here. So when you say uh, like uh, all conversations, are you talking with friends, with relationship, with work? It's like all of them? No, no, not all of them. Oh, okay. But sometimes like if I'm like going to see friends I haven't seen in a while, I will sort of go through the paces of that conversation ahead of time a little bit before. But was this pre or post pandemic? This was, this is always. Really? I feel like now in the pandemic, people are like, I don't know how to talk to people. And I'm like, join the club. I've been here for a long time. Because that's what I was going to say is that I'm like, that, that's a pandemic trait that a lot of people are coming out with where you're like, wait, what are my updates? What have I been doing for two years? How do I just not say the negative? But how do I not like pretend everything's been perfect? Because then I'm unrealistic to pretend I didn't go through something. That's like madness to me. Right. But. The pre-pandemic, that's really interesting. Now, is yeah. that you trying to be considerate of things or is that you feeling insecure? It's You're- me dealing with some sort of anticipatory anxiety, which okay. I was unaware of for a very, very long time yeah. of like why I would kind of get stressed out before social events or after social events that for the most part are all fun and or like or it's going to be with a friend or with a yeah. group of friends and it's just like... It's something that does stress me out on some level. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the ways that I would deal with it is to sort of like, ha- like sort of pre-plan, have the conversations ahead of time. But then when you do that, it never the, a, a casual conversation with a friend is never going to go the way that you plan That's that it's going to go. What about when they respond? Yes, exactly. What if you're like, how are you? And they're like, my dog died. Wait, wait, then your whole conversation's out the window. <laughs> you're like, I prepared for this. <laughs> well. I know how to handle listen, this. Listen, this is a human thing most people don't know. It took me some time to realize. Because now when I really think back, when I would do these pre-planning conversations, the other person's not saying anything. The other person's just like sort of nodding and going like, uh-huh. And Joe's telling me this. And Joe's so telling me that. At- Yes, which is not how it goes. It's more of a speech you were working on, mm-hmm. less than a conversation. Yes, and I would get the podium out, and I'd have a big glass of water. And I had to get a bigger car for the podium. <laughs> that cost me money. <laughs> uh, okay, that's really interesting that mm-hmm. um, that you you uh, you did that because the I understand. I get social anxiety sometimes going to a place where maybe I don't know everyone that's going to be there. So sometimes I'll get like nervous because I'm like oh, how do I come across? And sometimes just new people stress me out, whatever, if they're going to like you or not. Um, like, as opposed to if I was going to your guys' house, yours and Holly's right. house, I'm like, yeah, I know this. I know where everything is in your house. I, I know the deal of you guys. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable, right? right? Like, I could go into your cabinet and get a cup and not have to ask. I feel comfortable. Whoa, okay. No, we need to talk about that. <laughs> hold on, well, hold on. This is, I, this is something I need to talk to Holly about because I've told her we need more signage so that people know I don't want them doing that. <laughs> people don't use my cups. <laughs> and the sign just says, please ask. <laughs> or open it. It, it, it says, ah, 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 please ask. Do you really need this cup? And up, please up, just up, use up, one. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Please ask. Yeah, I like up, up, up. <laughs> Oh, no, I got to make that clear. I, I don't mean up, up, up. Like <laughs> yeah, people are going only, to the higher you shelf. You <laughs> only have to ask about the highest shelf, which on the highest shelves, I'm going to be honest with you in our house, mostly bowls. Joe, I got bad but, news And if for you're you. coming to my house and getting a whole bowl <laughs> without asking me, you're being strange. For what food? Because I'm not offering. <laughs> Here's the thing, Joe. You're going to regret this conversation because, yeah, I've got a label maker and I know your wife, for a fact, will let me pull a prank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if anyone's going to support me, it's Holly. I've, I'm completely vulnerable here. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> I, uh, I, so I'm comfortable in your house. Say I'm going to a show 
and if I don't know the other people and it's like everyone wants to get drinks after and stuff, that stuff will stress me out. And I think I'm one of the most sociable people I know. Oh, yeah. It's shocking <laughs> for me to hear that you feel this way. Yes. It's shocking and comforting. It, it, it Well, that's the whole thing is that I'm like, it, it makes me feel better to hear that other people feel that, that I find to me conduct themselves more than adequately in a conversation. It's mm-hmm. like we've always been able to talk and like, right. I know you, you run, we operate a little differently. I think you're a little more regimented than I am, Mm -hmm. which is like, but still because we both like organization and stuff like that so much, we definitely relate in that way. So I relate to you about like the social stuff, um, the anticipation of it all. But I don't think I would plan anything because sometimes I think I go into a situation being like, I have nothing to say. Do you know Mm. what I mean? When you're just like. I don't know what to offer to a conversation. And that's been the the pandemic brain of it all really um, made it hard to go out because I really had nothing good to say for a while there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like, it's hard. I always, I mean, this is more like in the context of like a job interview, but like I had a friend give me a piece of advice once of like, you should have like a, your pocket story, your, your like thing that happened to you recently. That's kind of like, makes you seem casual or funny or however you're trying to be. And I was like, oh, I'm trying to do a pocket story all the time. (laughs) (laughs) My whole life is an attempt at a pocket story. (laughs) And the pandemic really did cut down on our pocket stories. Yeah, it's like, how are you guys doing? Well, everyone I've ever known has died. How are you guys? (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today on the exact same walk I always take, it looks like that they changed the way that the numbers are painted on the curb by... My neighbor's house, and I only know this because something? he confirmed it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, and then it was confirmed, so that's nice. <laughs> no, the pocket story thing. I will say this: thank God for Mo Welch, who convinced me to go on tour with her, uh, which we had done probably January to June. I would say we were like out and about places, going and coming back because she was a kid too. So you know, she it's not like we could stay on the right. for long periods of time. Her wife's also working. Um, but like, that was the only thing that saved me these last, last, not last couple months. I'd say the last like two or three months, things have kicked up. But before that, for that stint, it was the only thing I had to talk about. And we weren't even going out that much, but it was like the only thing I had to talk about because everything else was like a total bummer. You don't want people to have pity for you and this and that of like your personal stuff that's happening. You just want something that's like this is nice. We can relate to this. Oh, there's a couple funny stories that happen because people are nuts. and Right. You, you know, went you to a different went, place. So you're, somewhere. you're experiencing other yeah, places. Maybe somebody's from and, there. They're like, Oh, would you think of the place? Right. And you're like, we went to this restaurant. We, so it was my saving grace. Mm-hmm. It, it was truly like the only thing I had to talk about. Yeah. And I feel like it got me in such a better headspace that like now I have lots of things to talk about, even though maybe my situation hasn't exactly changed. I feel like I just have more to say because I like got through the the worst of it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So what would you say is your current pocket story? Um, well, this is already off to a terrible story. Yeah, I know. It's funny cuz I went to I had like a meeting yesterday and yeah. I was like trying to come up and I was like, I don't have a good one right now. <laughs> but then, you know what? I've recently traveled. You can always pull something out of travel. See, listen, you got to see family. That's nice. And you, my mother-in-law is a good source of pocket story. I get has have I told you about the swimsuit or has Holly told you about oh, the swimsuit? Oh, I know all about the swimsuit. <laughs> okay, well. But we'd love to get the story on the podcast. We visited my 
uh, in-laws who live in Hawaii, who I love very much, who are very sweet and interesting people. Very interesting people. I've known them for years. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, my mother-in-law was like, I got a present for you. So first it was pitched to me as a present. And it's not, let's clarify, it's not your birthday. It's No, no, I don't deserve a present. Yeah, there's no reason to give you a gift. No, we're just visiting them to see them. And uh, she got me a swimsuit that she found on the ground. And this is a bath- a men's bathing suit. And uh, she said, <laughs> this was all the information that she gave to us. And Holly and I laughed because that seems like a joke because that's trash. <laughs> if it's on the ground <laughs> and you don't know else? how it got there, it's trash. And she kind of laughed too. And then the next day when we saw them, she was like, here is the bathing suit. And it was a, it was a J. Crew red pair of, uh, they were swim trunks red with like a black zigzag, zigzag on it. And my in-laws live in like a little development where there's a bunch of little uh, condos all in one development and yeah. they have a shared pool. So we were going to the pool every day and she was suggesting that I wear these to the pool and she found them near the pool. So I had two issues with this, which is one, it's garbage um, that she found on the ground. Uh, Second issue is swim trunks are very intimate clothing. They're basically underwear, somebody's whole butt and everything was in it. (laughs) And she claims that she washed it and I believe that she washed it, but still there's a stigma there for me maybe that these were intimate with another person. But then the third issue now is these might belong to someone who live in the development. This is my top Maybe they weren't discarded on purpose. Maybe they lost their swim trunks and now they're going to come to their swim trunks and some random guy is in their swim trunks. I don't want to have that confrontation. This is exactly what my thought was because I know they had moved to that community and it's like, these are somebody's fell out of their bag or whatever when they were walking back up. They probably, they could have gone back down to look for them and they're gone. Or... It's somebody that went, these are so unusable anymore (laughs) that I can't even bear myself to get them all the way to the trash can. I'm discarding them on the street here because you found them on the street. (laughs) Man, she has gone too far. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny. We've teased her about it a lot since then. And she said, this is her justification of it. My eyes are always scanning for, for a gift for you. Now that's love is how she has positioned it. But I'm like, your eyes aren't scanning the store shelves. They're looking around on the ground. My eyes are always scanning for trash. <laughs> trash for you. Are you listening to this dog bark up a storm? What yeah. is happening out there? I think she's loving the story. <laughs> it, are those she's happy going, barks? Are those she's going, hold on. Let me she's saying, I'm being entertained. Yeah. Everybody knows, as always, we're not editing this out. <laughs> Mia has entered the room. I'm moving your cup to this side. Yeah, of the okay, table. good idea. <laughs> she she seems, just wants in. Yeah, she just wants to sniff around and look see at her. what's Here going she goes. on. Oh, she's on the oh, couch now, guys. The amount of times, Joe, on this podcast, we have to update what Mia's doing because she's being so annoying. <laughs> but here's the thing your dog sucks. So. No, I can't relate. My dog's perfect and he never does anything <laughs> your wrong. Dog. Oh, guys, just so everybody knows, this is what Joe's dog does now. If you're sitting and you, in the slightest way, possibly even adjust 
your seat. Mm -hmm. The dog thinks you're leaving and bites at you to try to convince you to stay. Right. Because that's what, you know, if that's a that's something that people always like, right? <laughs> is either is getting their clothes ruined. If yes. I'm at a place and I'm thinking about leaving and then somebody starts putting little holes in the pant legs. Yes. And my pant legs, I'm staying because now this is what I want. Tony stretched out my sweater, the arm of my sweater. Oh my God. And, and I'm gonna need that two dollars. Please bill us. <laughs> the two dollars that the sweater costs. Please bill me. us and put it on the on the label use the label maker and put it up on any yeah. cabinet that you Basically want. Basically what happened, I found the sweater on the ground, I picked it up and then I put down two dollars under a rock as payment <laughs> <laughs> so that they could come back and take their two and that's my problem with your mother in law. She didn't leave money. Oh. It's like a tooth fairy. It's like you an think exchange. She stole the trash. <laughs> she stole the trash. <laughs> but being honest with you, you gotta leave a couple bucks. It's like take a penny, leave a penny. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or you leave a piece of clothing that you don't want anymore. That's how you get it done. Those yeah. are clothing swaps, essentially. You're like, <laughs> They're this small is scale. nothing to They're me. They're micro clothing swaps. Yeah, exactly. Now, when you're visiting family and going out and about, do you get stressed out? Because I get so stressed out when I leave my house. Like, I'm going to miss something, or I should be working, or I should be doing something. Because we have no timeline of a weekend like yes. there is no break even when you're working uh, in your writer's rooms monday to friday you always have stuff you have to do on the weekend right so when i leave town like i'm about to go to philly to go see my uh, siblings it's like i get so stressed out like i should be doing this i should be doing that even though that's not necessarily the case yeah do you i have that i i feel like i've gotten better with that i've yeah. sort of like learned the value of the downtime and the vacation and how that's important for everything else so I for the first time ever like in the past year or so I've done the thing of like telling people I'm going to be on vacation so I'm going to be unavailable yeah. from this day to this day. Do you, and do you feel like that it's that helps with me. That's helped me a little bit with it. Do do you feel like it's because um you're it's more gratitude for the quality time with your family whereas like before the pandemic, you know, we would see people more, it was more casual cuz it's like I know for me I definitely I would get so annoyed at different members of my family, mainly my mom, but I would get so annoyed <laughs> with different members of my family. I, you know, I could barely handle a trip and now I'm like, oh my God, what a miracle we can see each other. Then yeah. I'm like, I'm able to like, I still have the work stress, but I'm like, I find I don't get as irritated because I'm just like glad to be together. Yeah. You know what it I mean? wasn't possible or it felt impossible for yeah. so long. And so now I'm trying to have a greater appreciation of it. I think also there's a there was a period of time where and this is specifically with family mm -hmm. that I would like if something came up when I was visiting them because mm -hmm. it made it seem like I was like important or like oh look oh I got this thing that they want me to do this audition or whatever you know like you're kind of like showing off for your family yeah. and I'm not doing that anymore they don't care I don't care <laughs> if they care <laughs> I've had that happen where my whole family gets involved like okay oh god this is a story for the ages okay this is about when I tested for SNL. Okay. So here's what happened. I went, SNL asked me to bring this solo show I was doing. Jean Darlene is going to kill herself for real this time. Guys, uh -huh. you had to be there. The title made sense. It's not what you think <laughs> it is, okay? <laughs> I don't I don't want any flack for this show, okay? <laughs> I survive. It's fine. Anyways, so they were like, come to New York to UCB New York. Can you put it up? We're going to send some producers to come see it. So I was like, oh my God, I'm like shitting my pants. Go to New York. My mom and dad drive down like maniacs from, uh -huh, Toronto. from Toronto. Yeah, to come see the show. And they're like, oh my God, we'll come see you. Come home with us. And for a couple of days, I was like, oh my God, great idea. So I do the show, say hi to the producers. 
whatever, go home to Toronto. Uh, Inessa Frantowski throws a party. It was Canada Day, July 1st. Inessa mm-hmm. throws a party called Kalanada Day because she was moving out of the apartment she was living in. So it was completely empty. She changed all the light bulbs to red and it was only red or white um, candies and snacks to match the flag, <laughs> right? And everyone did ecstasy. So I am. I get home at like 5 a.m. high out of my mind. Uh-huh. I try to sleep for a few hours. Doesn't work. I wake up. I get a phone call from my manager being like, okay, so SNL wants you to test tomorrow. Oh my And God. I was like, no, 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 in two days. I was like, what? And they were like, he was like, yeah. So, and they want all new material. So uh. I go and sit at the kitchen table. I'm high. Okay. Uh-huh. I am still high. And right. I go and sit and I'm being so quiet and weird, I guess, as my sister would later tell me. And everyone goes, Elena, are you okay? And I was like, I just found out I'm testing for SNL. And they were like, what? So, so <laughs> cut to my whole family bought People Magazine, Us Weekly, everything to find celebs for me to do impressions of. They're helping write it. Oh I have to God. fly back to LA, get a bunch of my stuff, then fly to New York. I'm like writing it on the plane. Then I go test that night at 7 p.m. I mean, it was absolute madness. But all this to say, family's getting involved. Don't I know it? And it was the best moment in my life where I was like, see See how moving to LA worked? It was like the only moment that it was proof moving to LA was yeah. a good idea. Yeah. You know, yeah, because I know your mom's the same way where they're like, why can't you live here? Like our moms are obsessed with us living in a house and lock the door and throw away a key. It's so great. No matter how old we get, they like, they love it. But that was my moment of being like, were they helpful in coming up with stuff? No, or? no, no. Just <laughs> an they were helpful in getting the, the magazines. And- my, yeah, they were helpful in getting the magazines, but my mom just kept pitching out people I quite simply could not play. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to explain to her. I was like, you know, mom, it's like, you have to get people that like I could play and that maybe I look like a little or if you put a wig on me, maybe I could be them because she's just naming funny people. Like, yes. It'd be the, she didn't say this, but as an example, she'd be like, Wanda Sykes or something. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like so Another she, successful comedian? <laughs> yeah, so she's just like listing out funny people. Yes. <laughs> but it was nice mm-hmm. and it was nice to have them and it was like, it was very interesting to be coming off of drugs and get that phone call and kind of I don't know if you've done ecstasy it's like you feel high for like two days it's like it it just but I feel out of it I've done it a couple of times and for me the aftermath has been very bad like it felt like the flip Yes. Where in the in opposite of the euphoria I'm in a deep depression and (laughs) I did some on New Year's Eve once one year with Holly. That's a stimulating event. We didn't really know exactly. We were getting it from a friend who was getting it from a friend. And up until this point, this is a bit of a brag, I feel like I've had very pure MDMA <laughs> as opposed to the ecstasy that's got whatever other garbage yes, in it. Yes. I was just adjacent to some rich people that had that and that was my experience. And that was a more, that was a nicer experience. Yeah. This was like the, there was definitely like a speed or something involved and so even the fun part wasn't fun for me because yeah. I'm a neurotic, nervous person. Was and, your heart like racing? Oh yes. And okay. I am the cliche of whenever I do any sort of drug, I'm like, this is me forever this is how I'm gonna be forever 
And so, and there was like a little window where I felt good. And like we went to UCB and I went to the, into the back room at UCB and there were people I knew back there and somebody handed me a joint and I was like, yes, I will smoke weed yeah. now on top of this other thing, which is two things I don't regularly do. And there will be no consequences. And there were consequences. And I felt that. But... I made it through the night. It was like a night where I was up a lot and everything. And then I came home to my apartment and I just couldn't get off the couch for like two days. And I felt like this weepy depression that's not like my normal depression. And I watched the, what's the Woody Allen movie? Like Blue Sapphire, I think, with Kate Blanchett. Oh, yeah. Do you know what it's I'm a, talking about? No, not about? Blue Valentine. That's with Michelle Williams, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna look. Yeah, it look up it up, look phone. it up, because I think I, I know what you're talking about, and it's like a bummer. It's a bummer, but also I was watching it. Blue Jasmine. Oh, okay. Blue okay. Jasmine. So I'm gonna pull up the synopsis <laughs> of Blue Jasmine it. for a second, okay? Because <laughs> and this has a point. After her marriage to a wealthy businessman, Alec Baldwin collapses. New York socialite Jasmine. Kate Blanchett flees to San Francisco and the modest apartment of her sister, Ginger. Although she's in a fragile emotional state and lacks job skills, Ginger still manages to voice her disapproval of Ginger's boyfriend, Chili. Jasmine begrudgingly takes a job in a dentist's office while Ginger begins dating a man who's a step up from Chili. I watched this movie and I went, this is me. This movie's about me. There's me, I'm going to nobody, <laughs> and I and I wasn't like associating myself with the Bobby Cannavale character. Anybody? No, I'm th- I'm saying Jasmine, the the Kate Blanchett character, <laughs> is me. <laughs> Don't do drugs. Wait, drugs are bad. Because this is what can. Ha- no, there's nothing. There's never been anything in my life that has re- been any even slightly reminiscent to the movie Blue Jasmine. Joe, I think we're tapping into something. I think we're tapping into yeah, the four. I shouldn't do drugs. <laughs> yeah, I think the Some fours people are still feeling it. Are fun <laughs> on drugs? No, I was I was in the fours there. For I'm sure. I'm fun on drugs. Yeah. A, oh, yeah. oh my god, I'm a blast. I'm on sure drugs. you are. Yes. Yeah. I I I had to the MDMA and ecstasy of it all. I, I've stopped doing that. I think I did it the last time eight years ago or something on my my thirtieth birthday. Mm-hmm. Just a real. That Vegas trip, you guys were invited, and Holly was like, I hate Vegas, and then a few months later went for Jessica Jones' bachelor <laughs> party and to go watch you run a race. Oh, wow. Okay. So two times, uh, very close to each other, she went to Vegas and wouldn't come. And you wonder How why you guys I didn't get invited right? to the wedding. Listen, she's my <laughs> wife. How can I make it right now on the podcast? There you go. That's why you weren't invited to the wedding, because I went, oh, it's in Vegas. You hid it here. I made that more than clear, Holly, when I called her at 6 a.m. to tell her the day of that I was getting married. <laughs> Do you remember that call? Were you there? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Very <laughs> shocking call. I mean, great news. It's rare that you get shocking news that's also good news. It was you know? shock. Well, that, this is exactly transitions into what I wanted to say about doing the ecstasy on Kalanada Day. And you said you felt the depression for two days. I think I went into shock. Mm-hmm. I, and I like stayed in it. Because even when I was in New York, I was like, could not leave my hotel. I was like, I am going to get lost and I will never find my way back to this audition. And I was just so like paralyzed with fear type of thing. And I, I think it was like, that was my 
come down because I didn't get a chance to be depressed. I, yeah. I had to get right to work. Yes. With new ideas. Imagine new no. ideas. And your and the the ideas oh. from your show, I'm sure, are something that you built over like a long period of time. Oh my god, I've been doing that show for like eight months. I've hold the, I've heard this story so many times, and I wonder like if it is part of the like psychological thing at SNL of like if if they're seeing if like you can handle the sort of like the weird turnaround or the deadlines yeah, or something or so. they're trying to see like how deep your reservoir of like material is but it seems like such a nightmare and also seems like the opposite to that the way that comedy kind of works but i guess yeah. comedy on that show they're not doing <laughs> the very best version they're doing like it's gotta be ready now they've ordered it Hurry now <laughs> it's saturday yeah. now yeah no i think uh i think it's a blessing i didn't get hired for the show because i'm like well clearly i can't uh keep up with this schedule i'm too busy on drugs so obviously <laughs> i can't uh, i can't write your sketches there's I'm no not room in my life them. for yeah. you and for drugs i have to focus i it's one or the other and guess what i've chosen drugs sorry SNL. and i hope lauren is listening i know he is <laughs> poor little lamb yeah he listens to every podcast every day is what i've heard <laughs> yeah I, I hear he the show is what it is because he has so little involvement because he's so into podcasts mm -hmm. and he's just going go wild with it you guys <laughs> no i think that i think he has too much involvement i think he stopped he needs to stop being in the sketches no yeah, oh yeah yeah you they're slapping a wig much? on him they're putting him in there you don't even know it's him <laughs> that's how good he is <laughs> A lot of people were like, Bobby Moynihan's back. No, that was Lauren Michaels, you guys. <laughs> you know, there's uh, there's always so much speculation of like, when is he going to step down from the show and who's going to take over? And I think the funniest move that he could possibly make is to go like, this season, season 50 is going to be my last season. And also, I am a full-time cast member. <laughs> and I'm just a like, cast I'm still doing the other job I had before. And he only picks his own sketches. He puts himself in... More sketches than Keenan's in, basically. Yes. And just does it, just makes it the Lorne Michaels show for the last Okay, year. but back me up on this. Do you not think it would increase viewership? Because people I'd would be, be so curious. I'd be there at 11.28 waiting for it I to would, come honest on. Honest to God, I would watch every... I really, <laughs> just to be like... How can this work? And I, I, every week I would be like, well, maybe next week they'll pull it off and I would come back. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I know myself. And guess what, guys? I am free at 11.28 as it turns out. Oh, yeah. At 11.20. And a lot of times you catch it at 8.30 here on the West Coast. I'm oh, free. Yeah. Well, I'm not ready to have that big of a loft <laughs> at 8.30. I got to wind up to get there. <laughs> oh, I have a kid now. I'm there at 8.30. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You have a kid. I can't believe it. I knew you guys were going to have kids, but it's so wild it's to see. Weird. It's so weird because mm -hmm. I still consider you guys cool so it's like it's just weird that you <laughs> what oh well you were wrong about that before <laughs> well, that's not true I consider Holly cool Holly has become less cool <laughs> I will say Holly has become less cool because I think she's wearing too high of necklines on all her shirts oh. she's got to let that neck out got to get more neck we going. need more neck I want a bit of collarbone and I'm gonna say something to her oh yeah please do <laughs> You're like, I need a bit of a sexier neck in the house I won't. as well. <laughs> I won't be. I'm not putting myself in the doghouse with that tonight. Joe, get ready to sleep on that couch with my high neckline. <laughs> I'm going to walk in and go, Alana and I have been talking about your neck. <laughs> and yes, we recorded it. This is when I started recording the podcast. Oh, okay. The so talk. we're jumping right in on this. Yes, yeah, okay. so we've got quite a ways to go. <laughs> Joe, what do you think of the fresh avocado you have? You have to really let it ripen. Yeah, I You're mean, I'm excited it. about it. I can't really give you too much feedback yet because I'm not eating it. I'm just holding it. And this is the least in part, important part of the avocado experience for me. But it feels 
it doesn't feel mushy, doesn't feel too hard. And I like this sort of avocado skin where it's the smoother, just slight bumps. I don't like the ones where it's too bumpy. I feel like no, I'm it's supposed to be I'm this not supposed way. to eat. Yeah, yeah not supposed to be this way. See, I actually have to disagree. I think the only important part is the feeling of it so you know when to eat it. So you know when to eat Oh, I see. That's okay. what I'm saying. That I mean, is, to me, uh, that's the most important part oh, of the avocado. We're saying two different things. You're saying that's an important aspect of determining when to eat your avocado. I'm saying it's my least favorite part of the experience. My favorite part is the delicious taste. Your well, favorite I part mean, isn't no... touching, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, then you're on a different level with me, fruit, and I'm, I'm fine gonna, with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm going to fondle an avocado all I want, and you can't stop me. <laughs> I'm not getting any from my husband, so Lord knows I need them. You're disgusting. <laughs> I'm never going to forgive myself for saying that. And now I'm going to have to tell Norman, come clean. I've put my hat and coat on, and I'm halfway out the door, because I don't like to talk about that. We're sweating buckets in here. You've got a few coats on and a few hats as well, just to be ready for the weather change. <laughs> some for fashion, some for sun protection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You do wear a Tilly hat, and I've decided I need one for my hikes. What's a Tilly hat? Oh, what do you guys call them? This wide one, like this. How is it? Now, let's hold, hang on for a second now. Okay. Because I have been in what I consider my more intense Canadian period now for almost 10 years. Yeah. And... There are still words that are coming up that is, you guys have this other word for it that I've never heard. Is what? Tilly Hat very specific to you or your family? Yeah, or everyone to... I know says Tilly Hat. Or not, not Americans, but, but back home, it's a my Canadian family says thing. it. I mean, that's literally, my dad has like a hundred Tilly Hats. Never once heard it. And Holly does this all the time. Yeah. Where she will say something and it, this isn't one because this was one that came up early, but like alleys are laneways. Um, what a more recent one is, do you say this to gitchy gotch or no. gitch No. for underwear? No, I can't, I got to figure out if that's just her family or it might that, be her family. Might, I, I say whereabouts, like when you ask someone, where do they live? Whereabouts? Yeah. That I've heard. West end. Mm-mm. Yeah. For what? It, like on the West side. Oh, okay. Say, like West end. Ooh, that sometimes. feels very British. To yeah. Me. I think so. Right. Cause that's another thing too, is that it's like, I also grew up in a family, a lot of culture and different languages and stuff like that. So it's like, and my mom speaking Arabic, then learning French, then English. Right. I think I've just been, there's also You're, a, a world I'm saying mix. things wrong. Yeah. Sure. I just cause of my mom. Well, there are some words know? that are just your sort of family words that you think sure. everybody has. Yeah. Like, um, this, we ended up using it on Big Mouth, but my family's word for vagina when I was growing up was sweetie. And I thought that was something that everybody had <laughs> said. And then I found out in a room full of other adults in a professional setting that I'm the only person <laughs> that says that. And we made Coach Steve, it's it's a Coach Steve word. So that's what their opinion of it was. Oh my God. Uh, I absolutely love that. And knowing your mother, I'm not surprised that was the outcome. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that was the word she chose. Yeah. Something nice, something comforting, something um, less threatening than uh, vagina, which is really aggressive to say. <laughs> I I love your mom. She's a card. Yes. I miss the candy shop. I miss all my candies. I, she does too, man. It was one of the real tragedies of the pandemic. It, she it was is happy because she was there. really in, she really liked it there, and she really sent good care packages of candies. My mom, growing up, there was a little candy shop, the sort of shop that you find in like the suburbs of Philadelphia where I grew up in Pennsylvania, just like a charming little place. It was called Stutz's Candy. It's like the place where you would go to get basically an avocado-sized Easter uh, uh, chocolate 
Easter egg. Yeah. Like, they, did you ever? Did you guys have these in Canada at Easter where it's like you slice into it and you it'll have like peanut butter or, or oh. cream or sugar? It's kind of like a giant Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Yes. But sort of like ho- homemade or, or small batch made. I don't think like homemade. I think I've had like you know, manufactured ones like that, but not like a homemade one that has real peanut butter or something like that. This this place, they made all their, or all their chocolates in-house on on location. But but this was the thing of like, you would get like the Stutz's egg would be like the centerpiece of your like Easter basket growing up. And she just loves candy. and, And, and she was like, working as a um, receptionist for a car dealerships for a while. And then she was working as a babysitter and she was just like kind of looking for her next move. And yeah. I had a conversation with her. My She and my sister were visiting me out here and we were like, what's your dream job? What's the thing you'd want to do? And she said, work at Stutz's Candy. And we were like, okay, well you could probably apply there. <laughs> yeah. And she did. And they hired her immediately. And she became like a manager of the store by the end. But of course she did. Your mom's reliable. Yeah. Like, if you have, like, first of all, nobody wants to hire actors Mm because we're a total mess and we're all over the place. And it's also hard, too, if it, like, because you guys were out of the house, you're saying, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We were adults. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like she has kids and, oh, my God, what if she has to go pick up the kids or has to be home by a certain time or, like, whatever. It's like, yeah, your mom's just there to work and loves it. She And she had, like, ideas for how wow. to make it better and was, like, really motivated. And I Aww. think a store like that, a lot of times you're going to get a lot of seasonal workers or, like, people that sure. aren't, like you're saying, super committed to it, where she was really committed. Um, but she's, like, kind of at retirement age, was thinking about retiring anyway. And then when... COVID-19 happened it was like it seems like now is the time for you to it just wasn't worth it yeah it's not you know what I mean it's like you know your mom's older and we didn't so much we didn't know it's not like we needed candy that second right it's like I think she made the right move you don't want to die for somebody else's fulfilling somebody else's candy yeah my centerpiece easter egg Wow. Okay. I didn't know that was the story of getting to the candy store. I love it now even more. Yeah. You know, she ended on a high note uh, in terms of like, it's not like she got fired. It's not like some, you know what I mean? It's like, it was out of her hands. Oh yeah. It was the universe saying she was breaking their heart leaving. Yeah. She didn't have to quit, but she she did, but they understood why. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like she was like, fuck you and your candies. Mm -hmm. And my mom doesn't talk like that. She does. <laughs> she has to me. What? I have her number. Do you oh, love wow. that I have right. your mom's let me, number? So let me solve this beef now, too. I no, have your you mom's do. number. I have Katie's number. I have Holly's parents' number. Uh-huh. I have her cousin's number. You were like the Paul Revere of the birth of our daughter, right? Can I just right? tell you like, guys? We had to tell you, and then you told everybody else that it was... First of all, this is Anessa's fault. I was not supposed to be that person anymore <laughs> because what had happened was this, and we're wrapping up now. This is the perfect note to end on. So... I was out of town. You guys were like about to have the baby. Mm -hmm. I had to go out of town to Saskatchewan for Doughboy's live show. I got laryngitis. I came back. You guys had gone into the hospital and I texted Anessa being like, I had to go to the doctors. I had to get all these shots. It was like, it was bad. And I texted Anessa being like, hey, can you be on call tonight? Just leave your phone on. I'll leave mine on too, but there's a chance I really pass out and don't wake up like to hear the phone can you be on call? And she was like, oh my God, no problem. I'm up late anyways. Cut to, I wake up at like 4am with, I'm not joking. I'm going to say a minimum of 15 texts from your family. <laughs> Elena, where are you? What's happening? What's going on? Is everything okay? <laughs> Freaking out. I'm scrolling through. I can't even read without my eyeglasses on. I'm like delirious. I'm trying to find my God. I'm like stumbling around. Finally get them on. I'm like reading through it. I scroll through. I find your text being like, everything's fine. The baby was born at this time. Here's the situation. Whatever. Oh, he's resting. 
So finally, I like send it to your family. I call Anessa the next morning. I mean, I've never been so mad at her. I was like, you know, I asked one favor (laughs) and it was really important (laughs) and you fucked it up (laughs) and I am very sick right now and I worried their family for like two hours. (laughs) I felt so, it all worked out. They were overly worried. They were being really worried. They were freaked out because our daughter was the first baby who was ever born. So they weren't sure if it was actually going to work out because it was this whole new thing of like a baby being born. I'm being very deadpan. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, yeah, everybody gets yeah. nervous, but it's like this happens uh, literally all the time. And here's the thing: it was a it was a tough birth. I know it was for tough. Holly, it was really tough. A little scary there, but it's like this is why you got the doctors. It all sorted out. It was like every you you guys. I mean, I know it was a bit of pushback and forth. The doctors can be a little casual during birth, is what I hear because they've yeah. done it a million times. Well, they're just like we're cutting ladies open every yeah, day. Yeah, so you to know? them, they're like, I don't think they were worried as you. I mean, Holly played it cool. Let's give her that. Oh, yeah. She was Cooler cool than as a I cucumber, was. 100%. We got to give her that. But it's like, it can be scary. First time for you guys, everything like that. But it's like, it totally worked out. I think everybody's families were having a harder time than Holly was, <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I, you know, and then giving me a hard time and then me giving Inessa a hard time. <laughs> so on that note, Joe, you started a podcast on the four. How are you feeling now? I'm feeling at a six now. Wow. I went up two full numbers. Yeah, I started at a two. I didn't say it because I was really upset you were coming to the house. And let me tell you now, I'm at a six. I went up four. Wow, that's I great. I was not a two. Oh, uh, okay. I accepted it. You accepted it. You were pretty happy about the turnaround. I made it all about me. I was like, I'm jumping people up four numbers here. Look at me go. Uh, Joe, where should we check out your stuff? You already mentioned Big Mouth. Yes. Yes. We have a new season coming out soon. Season six is coming out on October 28th. Oh my God. So soon. Does it start with a Halloween episode or something? No, that would be (laughs) smart. But we do a weird (laughs) thing on our show where we're going, it's a, it's happening linearly, but the, but we don't stick. This is why am I making this so complicated at the very end of the show? No, it's not <laughs> Halloween time on the show. <laughs> Thanks for I, the simple explanation. I believe it is, it starts at the new year and it goes to the spring. Uh, oh, the but school year? W- for every year on our show, it's like one like it takes us three seasons to get through one calendar year. So we did Halloween two seasons ago. I don't know if we'll ever get back to Halloween again because things go so slow. Because unlike like the Simpsons or like Bob's Burgers, like we are aging our kids. And so we try to go slow to really like sort of tell as many of these sort of like middle school puberty stories as possible. And also like we actually change the character designs and grow them up. And so we try not to go too fast because that's like a whole production thing. And it's also... Um, a little jarring for the show too when you watch and it's like oh Missy has different hair now or whatever I you can't know? Uh, wait to see how everybody's bodies have developed over the years <laughs> I'm really excited for October 28th check it out you guys no, that's not what I'm advertising I'm not promising new <laughs> you bodies you heard him there's new young bodies let's check them out <laughs> Joe thank you so much for joining me feel free to grab a soda water on the way out okay thank you believe in yourself